Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. If you are a regular listener, thank you so much for taking the time to tune into another episode. If you're new, welcome. I'm equally excited to have you join us as well. So with my podcast, I will share a journal entry of mine from when I was in the thick of the struggle and reflect on what I know now as a sort of life certified life coach and what I wish I knew then. And so the journal entry I'm going to share with you is only part of a journal entry from August 4th, 2016. And I write, I'm still feeling pretty tired. I did go for a two mile bike ride last night and no, I should do Pio today. I don't feel like it though. I've had stomach pains most of the day and feel bloated. I'm also hungry and the refrigerator situation put a damper on the food supply. So just a little side note, our refrigerator broke at this time. Um, We came home from vacation to a refrigerator and a freezer that were not keeping food cold or frozen. And um, on top of it, my kids were home for summer break. So we literally had to get a new refrigerator and throw all the food away that was there. And this was um, right at a time where not only did we have refrigerator expenses, we had school supplies expenses, fall clothes, um, shoes, coats the whole shebang. So not only did we also need school uniforms, we needed non-school clothes, like non-uniform clothes. And it was just like, at this time, there was also like this big burden of feeling like it was just um, expenses, expenses, expenses. So um, it always felt like there was just something, you know? And I feel like sometimes that can feel like life in general. So um, this podcast, uh, this journal entry, when I look back and read read this, um, a few things come to mind. So like I felt tired, but yet I went on a two mile bike ride. And so, um, I do know that, um, sometimes when you're tired, exercising can help you get out of that energy rut and make you feel more energized. But the fact that I am, then I've convinced myself that I should do Pio, which, um, was a beach body program and they still have it. And, um, It was like a combination of yoga and Pilates, I feel. And so it was hard um, because my core strength was like next to nothing. And um, um, flexibility also next to nothing. Um, I would say that probably hasn't changed um, since 2016. And so um, it, it was really... I feel like doing Pio was the opposite. It depleted me more than it energized me because it literally took every muscle, every ounce of strength, every little bit of flexibility I had to get through the hour workout DVD or however long it was. And so why I thought that I should do something as strenuous as that when I had stomach pains and felt bloated now kind of baffles me because that's not really honoring myself. It's not honoring what I was feeling and experiencing in that moment. And I was not giving myself permission to rest when I needed it. So that's pretty much a common theme for me was that at that time, I would just push and push and push and push and push, even though mentally, I knew that was the last thing I needed. And physically, I knew that was the last thing I needed, but I could not allow myself to stop. I could not stop the grind. 
um, because I had convinced myself that um, if I had done that, I wasn't pulling my weight because I was no longer working outside of the home with a full-time job making my full-time teaching salary, which let's be real, wasn't a lot. Um, And so at this point I was teaching online at a local university as an adjunct, making half of what I made when I was a full-time teacher. And so um, there was this guilt around that because I felt like um, a mooch almost, like I wasn't pulling my weight um, financially, but what in reality I was because with me being home, um, we weren't paying for childcare for the younger, um, but granted I had the older in private school. Um, but we didn't have to pay for the bus. Like I was getting them to school, getting them to their after school activities, doing the laundry, doing the dinners. So there's an article, um, that's probably floating around somewhere on Facebook. I think the original, it's like a photograph of an original newspaper article. And I want to say it's from like the late eighties, early nineties. And it basically says like, it's an itemized list of all the things that, um, a stay at home mom does and how much money she would earn if she was doing that task outside of the home. And then it adds up all the things and the list of things that a stay at home mom does in one day or one week or whatever it was, is like 30 items and she would literally be making millions. And so it was very hard for me to understand, to keep that into perspective in the back of my mind that while Kim, you're not making a full-time salary, you're making a part-time salary, you're contributing in so many ways. Um, because if I was working full-time and my husband's crazy job, we would have had to um, have the girls in before care and after care, either at the school or at daycare. We would have most likely had to hire a nanny to get them to um, from daycare to home. Uh, because when I was working full-time as a teacher, there were some days where I was literally squeaking in um, to daycare to pick up my youngest with literally two minutes to spare before closing and getting a late fee. So there are so many ways that I was contributing financially, but also not financially that I just didn't see in that moment. For some reason, I had this like weird blinder on to it. And so I think there was also, it was also due in part because I felt shame around leaving my teaching career. I felt shame for not always loving being a stay-at-home mom. And so um, because I had this guilt and this shame, I didn't necessarily treat myself gently. I didn't uh, do things that would be compassionate and empathetic towards myself. I just continually beat up on myself. And so if I had been in a different headspace and I had told myself, it's okay to allow yourself time to rest and to be gentle with yourself, I would have gone to a place of, oh, let me stretch. Let me just do some gentle stretching. So I'm still moving my body. I'm still giving my body what it needs, but I'm doing in a way that's more responsive rather than unresponsive. And so the other thing too, is like, it was this need to can just continually push through, push through, push through and not give myself time to relax. And I think that's because we, um, well, at least I, I shouldn't say we, I at that time was seeking validation 
through what I accomplished and what I was able to check off on my to-do list. Cause then I could say at the end of the day, like, wow, look at all this I managed to accomplish today. I was so busy. I was so productive. I did so many things. Gold star for me. And if I gave myself time and permission to rest, I wouldn't have gotten so much done. And then it would have been a sad face sticker or something, you know, it wouldn't have been that gold star that I was looking for. And what I did was I continually would add on to my list rather than taking things off. And that's because um, I was so much in human doing mode rather than being a human being. And so this happens because uh, when we're human doings, we get stuck in this have do be mode. So I have to have all of these things on my to-do list checked off in order to be seen as, you know, I have to have all of these things checked off on my to-do list so that I can do more and then I can be seen as successful or I can be seen as someone who's contributing. And so when you operate from this have do be p- place, um, it will never leave you in a position where you are filling your cup. You will always be approaching life from this place of defeat and lack and exhaustion and frustration. And it really puts, um, puts you and your body and your mental state at capacity. And then when we are in this place for so long, we eventually get to the point where we collapse and, we can do nothing. And then we wonder how we got there. And I was always teetering on the brink of this because I was pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. I was pushing to heal uh, relentlessly. I was constantly reading self-help books, going to therapy every week, listening to podcasts, driving in the car, listening to self-help programs on YouTube, riding in the car, listening to Joel Osteen. It was just like, I was constantly berating and barraging myself, if that's even a word, I was constantly putting um, information into my brain and thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking, and then forcing myself to exercise when I didn't feel well and adding things to my to-do list over and over and over and over. And it was just, I was relentless with myself and I was never going to get to a place of being a human being and being in a be, do, have, I can be productive. I can be successful. I can be someone who contributes when I do what feels right to me and I have the energy to do it and I have the time to do it. So it's just a vastly different way of thinking about things. And so it was the perfect timing for this episode because um, just a week or I guess two weeks ago at the time of recording this, I was at my women's networking group and we did um, discussion groups. So each group of women, we were, um, there were several tables and each group of women, we were given a question and then we talked about the question and um, then we shared out our takeaways or our aha moments or things that we had learned from the other women who shared their perspective with us. And, um, so one of the questions at this point, I don't even remember what it was. It was something about time management or setting boundaries. Cause there, that was one of the topics setting boundaries was another topic. Um, 
I think organization was another one. There was at least six topics that we talked about. And some of the things that were shared was that one woman was emotionally drained and she had a couple days where she just stayed in her PJs until 2 PM. And she felt so guilty about that because she felt like she had wasted the day and she should have been up and doing something. Even if it was just washing the dishes, she felt like she should be up and doing something rather than giving herself the time to just be in Jimmy's till 2 PM. And I looked at her, I was like, oh my God, to sit until to be in Jamie's until p until 2 p.m. sounds amazing on a weekday. Like, yes, please, I'll sign up for that. Um, I think the difference is, is that it's it becomes less serving if we do it all the time. If you're in your Jamie's eight days in a row till 2 p.m., okay, then you can give yourself a little bit of a pep talk, like time to snap out of it. But one day here or two days there where you're in Jamie's till 2 p.m. when you're emotionally drained isn't a bad thing. It gives yourself space to re-energize, process what you're going through, recoup, you know, we're not robots. So we have to be able to give ourselves time and space to work through whatever it is on our minds. And then another mom shared that she did way too much for her kids. They're in their early twenties and she still makes their bed for them. And she found that she was like packing lunch for them. And doing all of these things that they are more than capable of doing on their own, um, folding laundry that they left in the dryer, switching their the wash from the washing machine to the dryer for them, even though they were home and able to do it themselves. And then also, you know, when we carry the baggage of clutter, that also gives us this weighted down feeling and contributes to us feeling, you know, having stomach pains feeling, having a headache, because it's a lot to think about and process and manage. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's a burden, (laughs) excuse me. So one, one woman shared that she's clean, but not organized. Her house is clean, but, but not organized. She dusts her dust boards regularly. Um, you know, she washes the windows regularly. She does all of those things regularly, but, uh, she said, when you look in her office, It's not organized. It's a mess. She has stuff everywhere, but she knows where everything is in the mess. And so really at the end of the day, what we should do for ourselves is really just let go of the should. I mean, we could should all over ourselves all day long. And the more we do that, the worse we feel. So instead of living with the weight of the shoulds, let's reevaluate and, and decide what's more of a necessity um, for us to be more flexible and more compassionate. So when we can evaluate the things that we don't have to do to be able to validate ourselves as successful, a contributing member of our family, a contributing member of society, um, kind, compassionate, whatever it is that you value that when you can say at the end of the day, that you are those things that will make you feel good about you. Let's have a more realistic approach of that, more a realistic, a more realistic perspective of what that is. So when we can just pick one or two qualities that we value more than the others, we can focus on fostering those things about ourselves, within ourselves, and for to share with others. It reduces the weight of the burden. And then we won't have so much on our to-do list and we'll be able to let go of the shoulds, let go of the ever-growing to-do list 
and give ourselves the space to decide if we need to tweak things one day. If you're not feeling good, don't force yourself to do the Pio video. Stretch instead. If you're feeling like you need a mental health day, it's okay to stay in your Jamie's till 2 p.m. that day. If you have no reason to leave the house, you don't have to pick kids up or you have someone who can help you pick the kids up from school and you have the time and the space in your jammies to do that. Yes. You know, binge the Netflix for the day, whatever it is that you feel like you need to do to get yourself back to a place of, um, being rejuvenated as much as you can be, that's what you need to do for yourself. And so, um, because if we're not compassionate with ourselves and people see that, that we beat ourselves up, they're not going to be compassionate for us either. They're going to do the same thing and have unrealistic expectations of us and not be so kind to us when we don't meet those expectations. So it's our job to set the standard for what we're going to allow from ourselves, because then that translates externally to what we're going to allow and accept from others. So if you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend because the more the merrier. And if you would be so kind to leave a review, I would greatly appreciate it because they take the time to read all the reviews to ensure that this podcast really continues to be a place of support and guidance, really a one-stop shop for women. And if you are where I was back on August 4th of 2016, struggling with the woulds and the shoulds and the, you know, the negative, unserving thoughts, you know, the beating myself up and you're ready to, and you'd like to let go of it and really work through it. Um, I am offering EFT tapping workshops. And so you can find the details for the upcoming workshops on my website at www.kimkeen.com. And if you would like more information about working one-on-one to tap, away uh, any of the stress or the anxiety that you're feeling, you can always reach out to me at kim at kimkeen.com. And I'd be happy to share any information with you you have about that. So thank you again for taking the time to tune in to listen to another episode. And I look forward to seeing you next week.